Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We are talking the Atlantic Division in the Minutes Projection Series. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos. Uh, I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Today, we are continuing um, part five of our minutes and starting lineup projections for each individual NBA team. Today, we are finally tackling the Atlantic division. I've kind of put this division and the, the last one that we're going to go through off for as long as I can. A um, couple of teams in here, obviously, that might not be finalized and might have a few uh, trades coming, but, you know, we've got to get through them eventually, and uh, let's let's get stuck into it now. So I'm recording this on Tuesday, the 23rd of August, um, so hopefully no trades happen between now and the time I release this podcast, probably in a few days, but... If anything does happen, obviously, um, I'll, I'll, I'll update this as close as I can or, or, or review this podcast when we uh, when we hear that news. So let's uh, let's get stuck into it. We'll start with uh, the best team in this division, uh, of course, my uh, Boston Celtics. They were busy this offseason and obviously, like we said with a few of these guys, in a bit of trade talk. Um, I hope they don't make a move personally. Uh, just speaking from a fan, I think that we have what it takes to win the championship. I would want to do it with the team we've got. We were so close. We've added some good pieces. So I hope that we don't move on a Jalen Brown for a Kevin Durant, even though that would theoretically make our team better. I don't know. Maybe it's just the um, the fan in me sort of just wanting to win it with the guys we've got. 
there's a lot of homegrown talent and, and guys we've drafted. I just think it would be sweeter uh, to do so. But anyway, let's talk about some fantasy implications, starting with the, the starting lineup. I've got the same starting lineup as last year. Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Al Horford, and Robert Williams. Some people... Might expect to see a Malcolm Brogdon here. I do not. I think he was definitely brought in to be a bench guy and a depth piece, an important guy off the bench, but I don't think he's going to be seeing starter minutes or in the starting lineup. I think there's a lot of chemistry with these guys. Um, You could see the only person I could possibly see being pushed out of the starting lineup would be someone like an Al Horford, but I just... I don't think that's going to happen because he's um, just perfectly, he perfectly fits with this group. It worked last year having him start at the four. Um, I do think that you're going to see those minutes between he and Robert Williams staggered a lot more just because there's not really a center to back up these guys on this roster that's going to get consistent minutes. So I think you'll still see Al Horford start, but then he'll be the, he or Robert Williams will be the first guy subbed off and then we'll go smaller after this, it it wouldn't shock me if they don't start together, though. So that's the only change-up I could see happening to the starting lineup. But at this stage, I don't think it will be changed. I just can see those minutes being staggered a lot. Um, I've got Marcus Smart moving, losing a couple of minutes, but still getting 30-plus a night. Um, Tatum's still going to get his 35. Robert's going to get close to his 30. I've got Al Horford losing a minute or two. It's it's pretty similar to last season, um, assuming everyone is healthy, which is what I'm doing with these lineups, uh, unless we know otherwise, like Jaron Jackson Jr. in the last podcast. But pretty similar stuff from those guys. All five of those guys should be top 100 players. They all five should be drafted. Um, your Tatum and Robert Williams are your early round guys. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford are your mid-round guys. So um, all pretty standard and similar things to expect from last season. Going to the bench, I've got Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams, Derek White, and Danilo Gallinari as your rotation pieces. I I think that for the most part, when everyone's healthy, we are going to be running a nine-man rotation because um, a lot of the guys on the bench deserve these minutes. And I think Peyton Pritchard and Luke Kennard, sorry, Luke Cornett, they're going to be your sort of, uh, sorry, 10th, 11th guys off the the bench that might get some minutes in certain matchups. But for the most part, I think these are going to be the nine guys that we see the most. Um, Brogdon, I've got here at 23 minutes, Grant Williams at 22, Derek White at 20, and Gallinari at 19. So for all those guys, I, I don't think it's going to be enough minutes for any one of them to be really troubling standard league value. Brogdon might be close with his assists, but even then, I think he's a streamer at best because there's just not enough playing time going around for him to have value. He doesn't have the elite blocks or steals or anything like that that you would require to to do that little field goal percentage in that limited playing time. So I don't think really we're, we're drafting any of those guys. Maybe Malcolm Brogdon as a flyer, in your very late rounds, but even then, I'm not super excited. I think there are better options out there. So for the most part, I don't think you should be bothering um, drafting any of those bench players. But um, let me know if you disagree. Let us know down in the comments if you think that Brogdon's going to be starting, maybe over an Al Horford or something like that, or uh, or if you have someone else in the starting lineup, you think he's going to get more minutes. But just remember, you've got 240 minutes. You've got to, you've got to space it out. Um, and, and if you're adding minutes onto Malcolm Brogdon, you're taking it off someone else. So just keep that in mind when you're, when you're doing that in the comments. But please, I'd love to hear it. Let us know in the comments below. 
give this video a big thumbs up as well. Uh, let's move on to... Uh, here we go. We're going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Now, this might be an exercise in futility, but we've got to, we've got to get onto it some, sooner or later. And, and it wouldn't shock me if they entered the season with all this talk about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they've got bloody Ben Simmons on the roster, but it wouldn't surprise me if they enter the season with this roster the way it's constructed right now because the value that they're trying to look for is just not out there right now. The Gobert trade ruined any hope that they're going to get equal or close to equal value for, for Kevin Durant. The, the teams that want him aren't willing to part way with their other superstars or, or other young stars because they they need them to contend. They want, you know, they want to get Durant for picks and young players and then that's it, but they don't want to give up a Devin Booker or a, or a Jalen Brown or a Bam Adebayo because they, they need them to contend. So I don't know if that trade's out there right now. So if I had to put money on it, I would expect that this is the team that they roll out starting night. I'm not confident with it. It's maybe like a 60% certainty, but this is, this is what I think they're going to roll out with. So um, at the starting lineup, we've got Ben Simmons at point guard, Kyrie at shooting guard. You can flip those around if you want. Um, Joe Harris is the guy that I've got starting at small forward, is maybe the only contentious one. Then you've got Kevin Durant and Nick Claxton as your starting center. Um, now, this obviously is assuming health. I think I've seen some reports that Ben Simmons is doing well and he's healthy and he's, he's training. Um, I, I think he's going to be ready to go for, for training camp at this stage. That could change. That could change 20 times between now and then. Uh, a lot of risk on this team, obviously, with, with all three of Durant, Simmons, and Kyrie Irving. But this is how I see it going out. Joe Harris starting at the small forward, I think, there for just spacing, low usage kind of guy. Um, the other guy you could maybe consider would be a Royce O'Neal or a Seth Curry. Royce O'Neal I probably like more than Seth Curry just because Seth's a bit smaller, um, lacks a little bit that, that defense. I think, still think he's getting his minutes, but I think Royce O'Neal might be the better one in that lineup. So that small forward slash power forward position is, is kind of up for debate. It, it, it could be a number of different guys. They did trade for Royce Neal um, before. I don't know if it was before or after the Kevin Durant trade. So he might be he might be there. Either way, those three guys, they're not going to be really troubling fantasy uh, standard leagues, and they don't have much of an upside anyway. So um, I wouldn't be concerned too much. I've got projected Kyrie and Durant to lose a couple of minutes. They were playing really heavy minutes down the stretch last season, like 37, 38 minutes a night. Um, and I would expect that to come down. It, it'll still be high. It'll still be 34, 35, but just a two or three minutes less than I than I saw last season, which might just take a little haircut off their value. I still think both guys are per-game first-round dudes. Uh, whether or not you draft them there is a different story, but uh, they'll still be there. And the last guy that I'm excited about um, that I was excited about last year, but he still had some roadblocks. This year, the path is cleared for him. Similar to an Alperen Shingun, Nick Claxton should be the day one starter, assuming there's not a trade, assuming this is what the roster looks like. Uh, and he should be getting close to 28 to 30 minutes a night, depending on how much small ball they want to play. Um, so Nick Claxton, I think, is going to be definitely someone you can draft. I think he could easily be a top 100, top 80 guy if you're punting free throw percentage. Um, so someone I'm very excited about. Good rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage. Um, decent enough points from your center as well. So um, sign me up again for Nick Claxton hype train. Um, all aboard again. Again, though, there is a little bit of a risk that even if it's not the start of the season, that 
mid-season trade deadline that there's a mix-up. Say a Bam Adebayo does come over, that would definitely hurt Claxton. So um, do keep that in mind with Claxton. There is a little bit of downside. His his role isn't cemented as like a starting center, no matter who comes in. So you could see that if the rosters change, that his role might change as well. So, And on the bench, um, I've got Seth Curry still playing probably starters level minutes at 26 minutes a night. It's a little bit less than what he was playing last year. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons is coming into the lineup now, so um, didn't play a game last year with the Nets. So I think that does reduce his minutes a little bit. Um, and then you've got Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, Patty Mills, and uh, Dayron Sharp as sort of the backup center to Nick Claxton. And then I do expect they'll play maybe four minutes a half or so with a small ball with maybe a Kevin Durant at center and Royce O'Neal or TJ Warren or someone like that at power forward. So um, they did a lot of that in the playoffs as well. So I think that that will be a little bit there. So Dayron Sharp fills out the lineup with 12 minutes a night. Let's move on to the other team in New York, the New York Knicks. And again, a similar story with, with their trades and, and the lineup not being 100% set, the talks with Donovan Mitchell. Um, I'd, be, I'd, I'd almost say that I'd more likely expect this team to make a trade before the starting game opening night than the Nets, just because I feel like they're trying to buy someone who... Um, could help them right away, and I feel like the, the asking price might be a bit more reasonable than, than a Kevin Durant, but then again, it's the Utah Jazz, and it's um and obviously, they could be asking the same thing they asked for Rudy Gobert, so who knows? Um, but again, as the roster is constructed right now, this is how I think they'll line up. We've got Jalen Brunson at shooting guard. This is the only really contentious one. I've got Evan Fournier, just because he was starting there last year. Tibbs doesn't really like to switch things up. Um, I still think he's a solid-ish player. He's he's not horrible defensively. He's not great either, but can space the floor a little bit. Um, yeah, Evan Fournier's in there for now. And then you've got RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Um, obviously, if you're a starter and you're, you're inside um, the circle of, of Tom Thibodeau, you're going to be playing heavy minutes. So um, Brunson... Barrett and Randall should all be playing at least 34 minutes a night, if not more. I've been a little bit conservative there with the 34 for Randall. He could easily be up there at 36, 37 minutes a night we've seen him play, but there's been a bit of pushback on his season last year. He was not good. He was, um, yeah, and he's a bit out. He's been on the outer with Knicks fans, so I think that that will permeate through to the team, but he'll still get I still think he's going to get 34 minutes a night. RJ Barrett, I think, will lead, lead, lead the team in minutes, and he very may well lead the league in minutes. Um, maybe Toronto might have something to do with that, um, with their coach as well. But he's going to be getting a lot of a lot of run. And then Jalen Brunson, I do expect to see his minutes increase from Dallas. Um, I don't know if I see a huge breakout coming. I know Callum was really keen on him and saw him as like a 20 and 6 or 20 and 7 guy. I don't see the 20 points. I can see the assists coming up. I think he was like a 4 or 4.5 assists last year in Dallas. I can see that getting up to 5, 5.5. The points may be getting up to 17, 18, but that's that's about it. He's not a high 3-point volume guy. He's not a high defense. Get zero blocks. I, don't, I think he averaged 0.0 blocks last year. Um Great percentages, low turnovers, which is really um, helpful for his value. So he's definitely a top 100 guy. He was that last season. Um, 
And I see a little bit of improvement, but I don't see necessarily breakouts uh, for Brunson, and especially if Donovan Mitchell comes over. If Donovan Mitchell comes over, you're just going to get repeat Jalen Brunson from last year. It's going to be basically the same thing, uh, maybe even worse, because you've, you've added players like Randall and Barrett to this roster that weren't there on Dallas, and then Donovan just kind of replaces uh, Luka Doncic. So um, at this stage, I do think Brunson will be a little bit improved in value, but not dramatically. And then Mitchell Robinson, I still think he's going to be the starting center. They seem to like him over there. His fouls have improved. His defense has gotten a little better. Um, so 26 minutes a night is where I've got him because, again, he's got a very good backup in Isaiah Hartenstein, who I still think um, will be playing uh, decent minutes, but probably not enough still to trouble standard leagues. If we move over to the bench, I've got Hartenstein, Grimes, quickly... You've got to find minutes for Derek Rose, at least while he's healthy, and then Obi Toppin finishing it off. Um, I was trying to find more minutes for Obi Toppin. I mean, I've got 14 minutes written here, but the thing is, is Thibodeau never plays him next to Julius Randle. I've got basically 14 pluses, Julius Randle's 34. There's your 48 minutes of power forward. I don't know. Maybe I could give him a couple of minutes next to him. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't... I don't know exactly if Tibbs is going to be stubborn and and not budge on that and just continue to play him as his backup when Randall's healthy. Um, I think he's, I think he honestly, I think he's probably better than Julius Randall. If it was, if I was coaching, I'd probably have Obi Toppin over a Julius Randall in that starting lineup, but that's just not going to happen. Um, so it is tough to see him getting minutes worthy of being uh, fantasy relevant this season, unless there's an injury. And if there is an injury, he can be really good. We saw stretches last year when he and Quickly were doing really well at the, towards the end of the season. Um, so he's a watch list guy. Derek Rose, Tibbs is going to get him out there. Um, as much as we want to see Quickly and Grimes get more minutes, it's just not going to happen. I can't responsibly project that happening. Um, so I think you've got to, you've got to put in... Uh, I tried to limit him as much as you can, but I, I, being realistic, I do think that 17 minutes is almost the minimum that we're going to see Derek Rose out there. Maybe it's closer to 20 minutes a night, which would then further dent Grimes and Quickly. But, you know, this is the way I sort of see it playing out. So that starting five will have value outside of maybe Evan Fournier and then the bench... Yeah, lots of, lots of back-end guys and flyers at best. Um, nothing really too exciting there. All right, let's move on to Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, we've got one change in the starting lineup here with PJ Tucker moving over um, from the Miami Heat. So their starters, I've got James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, PJ Tucker, and Embiid. Um, I think James Harden's minutes will maybe come down a little bit to 34, but I think for the most part, everyone's going to repeat what they did for last season. I am concerned about Tobias Harris because when James Harden came across at the end of the the season last year at the trade deadline, we all thought that Tyrese Maxey was going to be the guy that lost out, and he did a little bit. His assists dropped a tiny bit, which I do expect will will stick. but Tobias Harris was really the big loser. He lost a lot of usage, and there's a lot of talk about him being on the block, being on the trade market. They're, they're going to try and get rid of him uh, if they can. Um, he's got a tough contract to move, uh, or tough-ish contract to move. Um, so I do think that Maxi Harden and Bede are all going to be prioritized ahead of him. And because, again, he's not a guy that has a high volume of defensive stats or threes or elite percentages, um, that he's going he's gonna to be just a back-end guy. And, um, 
yeah, he's not going to be... I don't think he's a top 100 player this season. Um, he's going to be just outside that. And with very limited upside, yeah, he's, he's a very uninspiring pick this year in fantasy, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, it, his days as a fantasy-relevant um, player are quite numbered, if, if you ask me. I think he's going to trend down relatively quickly. Um, James Harden, I still think, is a first-round guy. The assists are going to be there. He may not score as many points as we used to, but that's okay. Elite assists, elite free-throw percentage, the good rebounds for your guard, the steals will be there. He's still a decent block guy for a point guard. Um, so he's still going to be good. And Embiid, obviously, he is um, one of the best uh, in the league, obviously. So um, top sort of four pick, in my opinion, there. So, And on the bench, we've got our boy, D'Anthony Melton, the permanent point guard. <laughs> um, I've got him projected here at 23 minutes a night, which I think is maybe a little more than what he had in Memphis. So it might be enough to be fantasy relevant. I think he is he I think he is worth a flyer at the end of drafts. So I would definitely take I might even take him over a Tobias Harris to be honest that you know there's a scenario that they they go small and they and and they play Tobias Harris at the 4 and Melton a bit more minutes than this. So he he definitely has some upsides. It would just take an injury to James Harden, you know, his hamstring. Look, those hamstrings have been going the last couple of seasons. So um you know, I think he's definitely going to be their sixth man. He's worth a flyer. I'm I'm probably going to get hurt again. He's probably not going to get enough minutes to be relevant, but I will. I'll do it again. I'll take the flyer on um, D'Anthony Melton because he, when the guy gets minutes, he puts up stats, steals, threes, um, decent assists, decent percentages, uh, low turnovers. He's he's a good player, and I think that obviously they spent a first round pick to acquire him. That tells me that they they like him at least more than than Memphis did. Um, so I'm, I'm still crossing my fingers and holding out hope that Melton can get in there. Matisse Thibel, I've got there at 20 minutes. I think that seven is going to be your your primary group um, with Matisse and Melton there for, for a bit of defense. And then the backup guys, I've got Paul Reed as kind of just your backup center for Embiid. I'm excited the fact that I think he's going to be in the regular rotation a lot. Um, I do think that he's a great permanent guy. 14 minutes is not enough to be fantasy relevant, but in deep dynasty leagues, he is someone that um, you should definitely at least have an eye on, if not roster him, um, if anything were to happen to Embiid or, or Tucker or, or even Tobias Harris, for that matter. And then and then I've got George Niang, Daniel House, 12 minutes a night each. They're kind of just there for a bit of shooting, space the floor out. You might even see uh, nine-man rotation at times. Depending if one guy's going off, if he's, I don't know if they're Daniel House was brought in. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of House Nyang's. He's a good shooter. He had good stretches last year. So if I had to pick one, maybe Nyang might be over Daniel House. But I think they're just back end guys anyway, and sort of just making up that final bit of the rotation. So um, yeah, let me know what you think of that rotation for the Philadelphia 76ers. All right, last one here, guys. The Toronto Raptors, and this is this is a nice easy one because the starters are going to be the same. Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., OG Anobi, Scotty Barnes, and Pascal Siakam. And look at those look at those minutes there on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. 36, Fred, uh, Gary, OG, and Scotty Barnes are um, all projecting 35, and Pascal Siakam 36. We know that um, Toronto loves to run their starters out for a lot of minutes. Um, They'll probably someone on this group is going to lead the t- lead the league in minutes per um, per game. Now, where it does hurt us is someone like a Fred Van Vliet, 
Um, even an OG and an OB, we've, we've seen some injuries start to creep in. Fred Van Vliet's um, production specifically dropped um, towards the second half of last season, whether that's that's due to the high volume of minutes. You know, we can always speculate. I, I think it has to. It has to be a, a contributing factor to it. So um, just keep that in mind. You know, some of these guys will miss games down the stretch of the season just because they run off their feet. Um, but when they're out there, they're going to be playing heavy minutes. It's going to be great for fantasy. So all of those guys... They're all top 50. Oh, Gary Trent, maybe not so, depending on your build. But they're all going to be draftable. Um, Gary Trent, with his steals, I wouldn't predict he repeats last season. He went from one steal to 1.8. That's a huge jump, nearly doubling. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle, 1.5, 1.4. So that drops his per-game value down a little bit. But I still think he's going to be an excellent player with your, your threes, steals, points, free throw percentage, low turnovers. But he won't get you rebounds. He won't get you assists. He won't get you blocks or field goal percentage. So keep that in mind when you're drafting Gary Trent. But the, the, that one's pretty easy. I don't you can really debate anyone there. On the bench, I can definitely see a four-man rotation. They're really deep at the forwards. So they've... Like they're running a non-traditional center in the starting lineup, but then they've got like three, two or three guys that could be their backup center in Precious Achua, um, Chris Boucher, Thaddeus Young. I couldn't really fit all three of those guys in. So I think like we've seen before, um, you're going to see different guys on different nights. Like Chris Boucher is famous He's uh, f- for that. He, he'll go play 20 minutes. The next night he'll play... None. And the next night he'll play nine and then he'll play 15 and then he'll play 28 minutes and then he'll play three minutes. You know, I think we're going to see more of that this season. Um, and, and I think he and Thaddeus Young are going to be the guys that, that kind of toss and turn, chop in and out of that lineup depending on what they're looking for and the, the matchup they're going up against. They've got a big center or, or whatever the case may be. Um, so I think that's going to continue. So I've got them both there for 15. That's what I mean by that. They're going to be in and out together. Um, combining up for that 15 minutes. Um, Precious Achua, I think he's going to be um, 18 minutes. Otto Porter Jr., 18 minutes. And then Malachi Flynn just backing up Fred Van Vliet with his 12 as a pure backup point guard there. So nothing exciting on the bench for Toronto Raptors because the minutes, they're all taken up by the starters. Um, that will do it for us today, guys. Um, let us know what you think. Let us know what you think about those teams. Lots of um, moving pieces still with those guys. A lot of trades to potentially happen. So fingers crossed that this information is all still relevant by the time it comes out. Um, and if you enjoy um, the fantasy content, if you're keen for more fantasy content, uh, make sure you give this video a big thumbs up. Um, like I've said before, if you haven't, please go over to the Apple Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. It would really, really help and be appreciated. Uh, But otherwise, I'll catch you guys next time. Laters. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.